We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I've said it a thousand times, you can't be a feminist if you deny the female. If women aren't real, women have no rights. This is the headline that's been missing over the course of the last several weeks, if not the last several months or couple of years. The mainstream media does not want to cover this. Women no longer exist in our culture. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Today's topic is the headline that should be featured in every newspaper across the land. The lead story on every TV show, on every podcast, on every radio broadcast should be this. Women no longer exist in the United States of America. This is a misogynistic degradation of the very existence, the very definition of what it means to be a woman. And we're sitting back and we're saying nothing. The mainstream media, crickets. The establishment press, nothing. Women are being punched in the face, literally, by men for doing nothing other than stepping forward and saying, wait a second, we should have our own sports. We should have our own bathrooms and showers. The story of Riley Gaines should be the lead story across the nation right now. But the mainstream media doesn't care. Oh, a couple conservative outlets are covering it. But the mainstream media, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, The View, what are you hearing? Nothing. And if you do hear anything, they're criticizing Gaines and her proponents, her advocates. They're the ones being marginalized and maligned. Not those that are physically assaulting these women. This is pure and simple misogyny. I've said it over and over again on this show. This is literal black-facing of women. It's, it's mocking them. It's making caricatures of women, and we don't care. We don't care as a culture. You know, the old uh, moral axiom, women and children first, that if the ship is going down, that men have the responsibility to put women and children first in the lifeboats and to go down fighting give their lives for the lives, for the dignity, for the preservation of their wives, their mothers, their daughters, their children, their little girls, that the women and children are first. We no longer have any such values in our culture, any exemplars right now. Matt Walsh tries to elevate the dignity and definition of women by doing his his man-on-the-street interview documentary, What is a Woman? And what happens to Matt Walsh? He's getting canceled and censored. He's, be, he's getting removed from media platforms like Facebook and YouTube. 
They're, they're actually trying to silence a man who's defending the very definition of a woman, the dignity of a woman, the identity of a woman. He's doing nothing other than asking, what is the definition of a woman? What is a woman? And when people expose the fact that they don't even believe that women are real any longer, that they're nothing but a fabrication, a fantasy of a dysphoric man who wants to dress up and play make-believe and pretend he's something is not, and steal everything that belongs to a woman, her sport, her shower, her bathroom, her identity, and her dignity. That's all that Matt Walsh has done. And what's the result? The result is silencing him rather than listening to this clarion call to defend feminism, classical feminism, because you can't be a feminist if you deny the female. That's today's show. I'm going to cover these stories and more. Let's take an early break, and when I get back, I'm going to talk to you more about the degradation and the complete destruction of what it even means to be a woman. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I want to say one thing before we get going with the rest of the show. If there's anybody out there that leans progressive on this, that's tempted to say, who are you, Piper, to speak on behalf of women? Please stop. The duplicity and the hypocrisy of that objection in the current cultural debate is just too thick for me to ignore. Seriously, you're going to silence a Matt Walsh because he's a man speaking on behalf of women? When you allow men to blackface and mock women, make caricatures of them in drag queen performances and whatnot, when you feature Dylan Mulvaney as your poster child of women on a beer can, and then you're going to turn around and criticize me because I'm a man trying to defend women? Please, when I'm calling out men for disrespecting the dignity and the identity of women, of girls, of the female, and you're going to try to silence me because I'm a man, can you not see, can you not see the hypocrisy of your position, the duplicity, the self-refuting nature of your objection, of your self-righteous indignation? Please stop. I have no patience for anybody who's going to 
turn me off or tune, tune me out, excuse me, tune me out right now simply because I'm a man. Protecting, defending women. Just because I believe in chivalry, I believe that women and children should be first and that men have the obligation to defend the female rather than mock it, malign it, and make a caricature out of it. Please, don't criticize me. Don't criticize Matt Walsh. And if you do, you're a hypocrite. Bottom line, I have no patience for anybody that's listening right now that even wants to go there. If you want to debate it, bring it on, because you will lose. Now, back to my premise of today's show. Again, I said over the course of the past several weeks, while the average American is watching in stunned silence as the world burns, one of the lead stories that seems to entirely escape the attention of the mainstream media is our culture's near universal degradation of women and their rights. I'm serious. I mean, just think about the recent headlines. Just in the last handful of days, Riley Gaines, an NCAA championship swimmer. I mean, this is a world-class swimmer. She's worked her entire life to have the opportunity to compete at the highest level of women's athletics. Riley Gaines, a championship swimmer bound for the Olympics. She's physically assaulted last week at San Francisco State University, this bastion of liberalism and progressivism, this bastion of feminism, we're told, San Francisco State University. She's punched multiple times by a man, a male, a dude wearing a dress. She is physically assaulted. She's hit. She's punched. Now, why? Why did this guy assault her? Gaines was simply speaking out in defense of women's athletics. That's all she's doing. She's speaking out and saying women have the right biological females should have the right to their own sport. In fact, it's promised to them by Title IX, if not by natural law, common sense, and God himself. I mean, that's all she's saying. That's all Riley Gaines is saying from the podium, that women have the right to their own sport and that they thereby thereby should not have their programs and their facilities co-opted and stolen by biological males. That's her message. I just said what Riley Gaines is saying. Now, who in their right mind could disagree with that? But the media's response to the sexual assault, literal sexual assault, a man hits a woman in public, and the man is dressed up in a dress. You've got a trans man. And when I say trans man, I'm talking about a trans person who is a biological man. I'm not buying into this reversal of definition and calling you a man just because you'd want to pretend you're one or calling you a woman just because of your delusions. I'm not going to play that game. The media's response to this sexual assault from a man who pretends to be trans, who hits Riley Gaines, assaults her, Multiple times, the media's response, crickets. Nothing. Where did you hear about this story? Where did you hear about it? If, 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 if you didn't hear about it from conservative outlets, conservative news sources, or a conservative podcast or a radio show such as this, you didn't hear about it. 
You didn't hear about it on The View. You didn't hear about it on CNN. You didn't hear Don Lemon or Rachel Maddow. You didn't hear any of the talking heads on ABC or CBS or NBC talking about this. No, no, they don't care. They don't care about women. And then the second story I'm going to talk about, I mean, it's been all over the place. We're sick of it, quite frankly. Dylan Mulvaney. This is a young man who mocks women by dressing up in exaggerated costume, and then he goes around posting videos of himself on TikTok, strutting about with insulting mannerisms of what he considers to be a female. And Bud Light decides to feature this guy in a marketing campaign as the face of, I quote, real women. You can't make this up. Anheuser-Busch actually says that this guy is the poster child of what they consider to be female representation. That's their language. And what do you hear out of the establishment press as a reaction to this misogynistic blackfacing of real women? Nothing. Nothing. Can you imagine if somebody were to go out there and blackface African Americans in, a, in, in such a way? You know, dress up in exaggerated costume and makeup, and then strut around in a caricature of mannerisms that exaggerate some sort of cultural definition of what it means to be African American, whatever that is, an insulting caricature of a group of people. Can you imagine what the left would do? Can you imagine if somebody started doing that to uh, Native Americans? You know, started wearing head feathers or something like that. Some sort of exaggerated uh, Hollywood caricature of what it means to be Cherokee or Osage or Seminole or fill in the blank. Can you imagine if anybody did that to any other marginalized minority group? Whether it be Hispanics, whether it be Eastern Europeans or Asians. I mean, the, the, everybody would come unglued if, they tr- if somebody, some lunatic out there, some bigot out there, racist moron out there started doing that to minority groups. And, and, and rightfully so. None of us should be mocking and strutting around in costume and makeup and quote-unquote blackfacing, culturally appropriating other people, their culture, and their heritage. And we should be offended by that. As I said, this is racism, this is bigotry. And it's misogyny when it comes to what we're doing to women right now. Dylan Mulvaney and everyone of his particular stripe and tribe is nothing. They are nothing other than misogynistic people who get their kicks out of black-facing real women. And again, the reaction from the establishment press is nothing. And then you have a volleyball player out there, an NCAA volleyball player. This is a story. I can't remember her name right now. But she's in the news right now because she had to play against some dude on the other team who was pretending to be a woman. And he smashes her in the face with this aggressive spike. And this, this female athlete is saying this is unfair. It's traumatizing to have to go up against these 
six, five, six, seven men who pretend to be women stealing our sport. And then we have to try to block their shot and they're destroying us. They're actually putting us in physical danger. What do you hear from the NCAA leadership, the Olympic uh, leadership? What do you hear from the woke athletic industry right now? Nothing. And then you've got stories out there of some people like Laura Perry who have detransitioned and they're telling the story about how this industry, this trans surgery industry that pushes young women to mutilate their bodies, telling young women in their teens and in their early 20s to go get a radical mastectomy or a hysterectomy and inject uh, steroids, testosterone into their bodies so that they're physically and irreparably changed. They'll be sterile for the rest of their lives for sure, and if they detransition, if they admit that this was wrong and that they shouldn't have done it, they're maligned by the media rather than featured as heroes, as they should be. And then I told you the story about the United Nations tearing down the wall, protecting young girls from the sexual predation of old men. The United Nations is now saying that there should be no line, legal line or legal limits, between minors and adults having sex. Do you think this is going to be good for young women? If you do, you're nuts. You're crazy. There's there's a line, a legal limit to consensual sex for a reason, and that reason is men should not be able to prey on minors. Even if we've discarded the biblical moral parameters of sexual engagement— At least we've agreed as a civilized people that there should be legal parameters. And at minimum, adults should not be having sex with children. But the United Nations is now tearing down that wall by arguing that children should have the right to consent to have sex with anybody, adults if they wish. And you don't think that predatory adults, primarily men, are going to go after young girls and get them to consent to sexual relationships and sexual acts and then claim that everything's good and moral and legal. I mean, the common thread to all of this stuff that I'm talking about right now is misogyny, pure and simple. Nearly every gain that feminists have fought for over the centuries has been lost in what seems like the blink of an eye. Women no longer have the right to their own restrooms. They don't have the right to their own showers. They don't have the right to their own scholarships or their own sports. Women no longer even have the right to claim their own biology or their own genetics or their own DNA. They don't even have the right to their own pronouns anymore. A a woman doesn't even exist as an empirically defined category any longer. That's the point of Matt Walsh's documentary. I'm going to say that one one more time. A woman doesn't even exist as an empirical category any longer. Female identity is now meaningless because it has no objective meaning. Do you get that? Feminism is dead. Classical feminism is dead. It's it's non-existent because it's been sacrificed on this altar of male delusion and fantasy. Now, why should we be surprised by any of this? Why do any of these stories 
of sexual confusion and nihilism and sexual uh, aggression, sexual disrespect, manipulation? Why does any of this catch us off guard? I mean, stop and think about it. Can we take ourselves seriously as, as if we're taken unawares by this? You shouldn't be. If you have any measure of honesty left in your cultural soul, your answer has to be no. This is not a surprise. This this story that I'm that I'm reviewing right now, this the story of misogyny of the death of the woman, it's as predictable as the sunrise. And 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 I'm going to say something else here. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This craziness is not going to stop. It, the stories I'm citing to you are stories that if I would have predicted them 24 months ago, or maybe a little bit more, let's just say three or four years ago, you would have called me nuts. You're crazy. That'll never happen, Piper. And here we are. In fact, I did predict it. Back in 2016, I've told you the story before, when the NCAA and the NAIA started protesting the North Carolina bathroom bill, I, I said then, women's sports is dead. Because if women don't have the right to their own bathroom, they don't have the right to their own athletics. I said that. Women's sports is dead. Oh, that'll never happen. That's an exaggeration. That's conspiracy nonsense. Well, here we are. Ideas have consequences. And that's how we've known that this stuff would happen. And that's, that's how I know that there's more to follow. Because... The ideas that we're imbibing as a culture right now are going to bear fruit. And where do we get those ideas? Why is this happening? Well, all you need to do is go look at your local public schools and what they've been teaching for the past several decades. Ideas are always going to bear fruit. And when you teach lechery, you're going to get lectures. When you teach moral nihilism, you're going to get immorality. When you teach people that women are nothing but sex objects and that there is no objective definition of how to behave sexually with women, that it all can be dumbed down to just getting women to consent to a behavior that might have been wrong five seconds ago because nobody consented, but now it's morally right because you got somebody to agree with you. If that's your definition of morality, then you're going to get immoral behavior. And you're going to get people using and abusing others for their pleasure, for their gain. That's where we are. And our schools have been teaching this garbage for decades. For years, our schools have mocked morality. So why are we shocked to find that we live in a society that has no understanding of what's personally moral? For decades, we've taught our children that there are no boundaries, and now we're surprised to find that we've raised adults who have no boundaries. They behave as if there is nothing out of bounds. Year in and year out, we've taught our kids the merits of sexual experimentation rather than the virtue of sexual restraint. And now we wonder why our country lacks virtue and our culture is void of what? Sexual restraint and respect. We we act as if something has gone wrong, but yet we continue to teach our kids to do what is wrong. Or maybe another way to say it is we teach our kids that nothing is wrong, but yet we're wringing our hands that our culture is going in the wrong direction. We've torn down all the standards, but 
yet we are incredulous to find that we are led by men who have no standards. I'm going to go on. We mock what is right, and then we shake our heads at leaders who don't know what is right. It's like what C.S. Lewis said. We laugh at honor, and we're shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings be fruitful. That's a quote from C.S. Lewis. We remove the organ, and we demand the function. We've created men without chests, men without souls, without virtue. G.K. Chesterton, nearly a hundred years ago, he warned, he warned of all this. He warned of this moral castration, to use C.S. Lewis's language. Here's the quote from Chesterton. The terrible danger in the heart of our society is that the tests are giving way. We are altering not the evils, but the standards of good by which alone evils can be detected and defined. Close quote. I want you to hear that. This is spot on. This is a bullseye in the center of the target. The terrible danger in the heart of our society is that the tests are giving way. We are altering not the evils, but the standards of good by which alone those evils can be detected and defined. And then Chesterton went on to say this, the next great heresy is going to be simply an attack on morality, and especially on sexual morality. And it is coming from those resolved to enjoy themselves with nothing to hold them back. Close quote. Chesterton. About a hundred years ago. Does he nail it? Does he define where we are as a culture or what? The next great heresy is going to be simply an attack on morality and especially on sexual morality. And it is coming from those resolved to enjoy themselves with nothing to hold them back. Why? Because we no longer have any tests, any standards by which we can detect evil and define it. We can't even define the evil of Mulvaney mocking and blackfacing, maligning women. We can't define and detect that it's wrong to steal a woman's bathroom and give it to a man. We can't detect or define that it's wrong for a man dressed in a dress, a man wearing a dress, to punch Riley Gaines in the face because she's speaking out in defense of women. We can't detect or define that it's wrong for anyone to encourage adolescents, teenagers, minors, to remove functioning organs from their body because of their delusions and their fantasies and their confusion. Confusion that I might add has been caused by what we're teaching in our schools. This attack, this next great heresy that Chesterton is talking about, it, it's here. And it didn't come from without, but it rather came from within, from within our own local schools. That's where it's coming from. Like your grandmother said, garbage in, garbage out. And this ideological garbage that we've taught our children in our classrooms for decades is now bearing itself out in this garish behavior that we now see in our culture. 
Ideas have consequences. <laughs> How many times have I told you on this show? There's no such thing as moral neutrality. There's no such thing as a neutral idea. Every idea is going to bear fruit. Good ideas, good culture, good kids, good community, good country. Bad ideas, you're going to get what we're watching right now. When you teach lechery, you're going to get lectures. When you teach amorality, you're going to get zero morality. When you teach men that girls don't exist for anything but your fantasies, then you're going to get a misogynistic culture that lives in a fantasy world of pornography rather than reality. After the standard of good by which we detect evil disappears, evil is going to prevail. And if you don't want your kids, your progeny, your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids, your sons, your daughters, if you don't want your progeny to get cancer of heart, mind, and soul, you might want to stop feeding them the ideological carcinogens that have given them this disease in the first place. And where are they consuming these cancerous ideas? They're consuming them in your local elementary, junior high, and public schools. We're educating ourselves into imbecility. And the first people to lose when any culture goes down this path are women and children because we stopped putting them first and we started using them as objects to the point where we steal every single right that they've fought for for centuries. I want you to think about this. It's not just the loss of women's sports. It's the death of women in general as an objective fact. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.